0: Hello and welcome to the Paddle School podcast, your host and paddle coach Sandy here. Each episode I will share with you my paddle coaching experience, bringing you top tips, latest news from around the world and interviewing some of the leaders in the industry and all to help you play your best paddle. So let's not waste any more time, get comfortable and enjoy the episode. In this episode, we have a really interesting chat with Andreas Johansson. He's actually in Marbella at the moment with some of the Swedish players. And we get his feedback and insight on the World Paddle Tour and how the guys are doing. This is really worth a listen. It's so cool that you're able to do this with the Swedish players. and Not only travelling with the Swedish players, but also that you spent that winter season. Because obviously the Swedish Paddle Tour stopped early, obviously due to COVID. And you got to spend like a proper off-season with them. And then to to travel to, to these tournaments. And you know, it's kind of almost like a, a coach's dream that to be able to, to do that. How have you how have you found that they've adapted to this higher level? Was it kind of as you expected?
1: Well, first of all, the off-season or the pre-season was really, really tough because we did a quite proper mapping of what to develop. And the strength, how to get better on them. And then also the weaknesses that we we need to look into. And it was also a proper work with fitness and and some mental training work and so on. And we ended up in a situation where they were just drained. They have been training so much and I pushed them and everyone around them pushed them a little bit too hard, I think. uh, Because in the end, we are a team of three or four coaches. So there was one point, like six or seven weeks in, where they started to feel so bad on courts that they said, "Well, I'm not willing to do this."
0: Just burnt out a bit.
1: Yeah, because in the end, when everything is up and down, and you yes, you you really really always push them where it hurts the most. It's tough. It's really tough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other guys around, they they were like always playing matches, and they were like on their top of the game. So they started to struggle against these guys, even if it was just training matches, and we had specific goals to deliver in these training matches. Don't mind about the results and all this. To me, proper work, but it was so hard to get into the guys that you have to feel a little bit low now to be better then.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: So but then then we have just been in the end quite lucky, or especially maybe me as a coach, because the results came straight away. And uh, that was unexpected because at least I thought we would need uh, six months after the preseason to to really feel that. Yeah, now, now, now it feels good. But a uh, coach's dream or not, I think it's the uh, the work that needs to be done, and we we can only look at other sports how they work. And I've done it a lot, and this is the way to go. So why shouldn't you go in that way with with pedal? Just yes, because. Mm-hmm why we not see it around is is because the paddle is is very very young players some of them now they have the the budget to to do this kind of work but but not many of them
0: yeah it's interesting isn't it because people watch the world paddle tour when it's streamed from quarterfinals onwards they don't realize the level of the players in previa and then also pre-previa is it is so high and it's a sea of players. I mean, it is honestly, there's so many good players now that I was really impressed to be honest with Callie and Danny and obviously Simon and Johan playing amazing as well. Like to be able to to get through some of those rounds right from the beginning is has been really impressive. And what would you say is kind of more important, the the kind of physical side? Because obviously some are, like some of those pre-previa games, you've got two tough matches in a day. And then you play again the next day. Uh, so obviously that takes mm. a huge physical toll, but also mentally, like it's so draining. I mean, do you, do you find that, that one of those were, was, was kind of more important or do you feel like it's kind of dependent on the day?
1: The fitness part is in the end an easy one, even if it can be for some players really boring, but some players, they love it. Uh, but to me, it's an easy one to get in places to get the work done and be prepared because if you want to play on the highest level you have to be ready to play many rounds Mm. it's easy like that so we we actually did paddle followed by like intervals or really really high intense training uh, before lunch and then we played a match after lunch during the preseason to be ready for for two matches per day Mm-hmm. so right. because if we are not training in that way we, we can forget to, to deliver our best pedal when it's time to do it in in the tournaments so my view is that if we talk about these four guys the french guy Johan Bergeron and, and the three swedish guys their fitness is definitely on on like the top 20 percent uh, mm-hmm. in the competition and also technically uh, especially if we play indoor so what's left? It's the mental aspects and it's the concept on court, what to deliver. Mm. And I I don't talk about... To me, concept and tactics are a little bit different because tactics is about who you have on the other side. Concept is no matter who you have on the other side, you play in your way or now we choose to play in this way or now we choose to play in that way. Mm. Uh, and, and the more cards you have on your hand, the, the trickier it will be to beat you. Mm. Yeah. So they have definitely uh, improved in in these two areas and these two perspectives of the game where i think we still lose is on the concept and also mentally when we start to feel that <clears throat> now they are pushing me where it hurts and we kind of tend to when the stress is on when we feel that all well, these guys are really really tough uh, we start to to play with less concept
0: yeah Yeah, I call the concept. uh, I call it paddle IQ. It's intangible, isn't it? I know what you mean. It's it's almost like the understanding of the deeper level of the game. And paddle is one of those sports. I feel like it takes exposure. Like you need exposure to that high level to really improve that that kind of concept or paddle IQ. Um, So, do you think that that's what they need at this point? Is more exposure?
1: Hours and hours and hours. We work with a very simple model. It's what we do before, under, and after the game. And this part after, when we have lost, it's so important to not just stay with that we were unlucky, mm. to really understand and to really work and to to dare to do things different next time we are in this situation. That And if we reflect about this in five minutes or in five hours, it doesn't matter, but there needs to be a reflection. And we need to do this again and again and again. And we have to get beaten. We have to lose. We have to lose to understand. But also when we win, we have to understand why we win. It also adds up to this paddy you, or to understanding the concept that we have even better. So the guys that we are playing against have done this, some of them, 15 years. And Mm. there are kids that are 15 years that are in the competition. The problem is that they have done this since they were three. Yeah. And they have guys around them that have done this for 30 years. Yeah. So we just need to fight. Uh, and the only way forward for us, because the hours are already gone, we will never be able to do this more hours than the competition is to work with higher quality.
0: yeah and and interestingly, like that reflection and is so important because that's how you can potentially make the hours up, right? is by spending more kind of quality because the quantity like you said is already done now it's a question of like the quality of those hours is is maximizing them right to you know as much as possible
1: or actually the quantity race it's over because we are we are 10 20 years behind yeah if we talk about these players that so we will never be able to catch up but to do things with quality to think. Maybe not in a different way, but to really choose what we focus on and and also be in three years, we should be at our peak. Yeah. But it tends to be every tournament is like a hype. And in one way, we are lucky that the interest is so high and the boom is so high in Sweden, but it can also be against us because there are big expectations before every weekend. And if it wasn't a good weekend, uh, we can read about it, how bad it was. And there are experts from many ways, and I don't know all of them. So I'm always surprised by that. In the end, we need to see this as a long-term project. It's not that easy to be really good. And there is a reason. We have to respect all the players that has been on the tour for many, many, many years. And also the coaches behind them. So I wouldn't say that we are rookies, really, but... We are on the step one, and I don't mm. know how, how many steps there are. Yeah,
0: plenty, plenty more to come. I mean, for sure, it's like you say, it's the long game. And also like the nice thing is, is even though it's so physical, you can play it to a slightly older age and, and these guys are young. So when you say three years, really or almost the next three to 10 years are their peak, peak kind of conditions, you know, so, so there is hope <laughs> to catch them up.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's not too late. It's not too late. In three years' time from now, the guys are 27 or 28. So, Mm. well, it's just to hope that they they find the motivation still, even if they will lose, because they will lose and lose again. Mm. The pre-previa and the previa is like, by definition, in the end, it's just a matter of when you lose. Yeah,
0: (laughs) it's a dogfight, the pre-previa. How do you find it from a a coaching perspective?
1: I, I love to be around the courts in the jungle. Because so many players, and what I like the most is that they have a little bit of everything, and they have their strengths, but none of them are perfect. the uh, The paddle that we see in the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and the finals is the perfect paddle, and they always go away from the concept, away from the pattern, away from the standards because they can't. They are professionals. They are the best players in the world. So it's more. a show that you watch with a bear than with a notebook. But for me, the pre-previa and the previa, it's the time to, to use the notebook and really understand. Because you can see from outside, solutions of the game. And I'm really, really lucky that I, I work with players that are in this jungle so we together can help each other on, I mean, from the inside, it's one thing to watch a game and say, ah, he should have done this. But when you are really in the match as a coach, and on top of that, all the mental aspects, they are angry, they are happy, they feel low, they feel high, whatever it can be to, to also balance this. And on top of that, the complex part is that they have a partner. So it's really interesting and I am completely dead when it's time to go to bed. Yeah. Yeah. It's yes this ball and the four players and the walls in the 200 square meters for me and I'm not thinking about anything else <laughs> during these yeah. days.
0: I mean, it's a, the match is always an emotional roller coaster because it's just you're everything as that coach. You're on the on the sideline as you know the the kind of shoulder to cry on, as well as yeah. the, the pump up, and, and as well as the tactician and, and being involved. You know, it, it's such a, a difficult role to to do that coach. You know, and it's I'm sure it is very draining
1: it's really challenging and and one tricky thing that i don't think that many think of is that we we travel together we have a lot of fun and all this but in the end if things are not good enough i have to take a step out of the group or out of the team to say hey guys what is this what a shit Mm. i expect more yeah not to put pressure i mean in the end i do it for them i do it because I want to help them and in the in the end that's why i'm their coach mm. to, to help them to reach their goals yeah. and when i think they are doing the wrong things on court or are behaving in the wrong way or they tackle a challenge in the wrong way I, I have to be the one that tells them which means that it might be nights when we when we don't go out for dinner together because we need space
0: Yeah, yeah
1: and you travel in this tight team of three players or well two players and a coach and and the good weeks, it's almost like you're on vacation together, but the bad weeks is super tough work.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to be kind of what they need as opposed to what they want, you know? If you're there yeah. to improve their performance. So it means that you have dinner on your own.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sometimes, yes. A long walk alone. And... But otherwise, what we see in Pre- Previa and Previa now, you can see it is the players that have been on the tour for long Mm. More and more of them, they start to drop down to Previa and they lose directly. So they, the level is extremely high. We saw this guy now, Miguel Semler with, with Javier Leal. They have went through Previa, Previa, I think it's yeah. three times now into the main draw. And in Vigo, they almost lost the second mm. match. They were down match points against them in the second set against Miguel Benitez and mm. Jose Carlos Gaspar. And then they win six matches more after that. Crazy, isn't it? And there are some kids like Leal. He, he is not alone out there. And I I, I truly mm. love to see them playing here. Uh, I saw Coelho, for example, a couple of years ago in the same environment. And now mm. the same with uh, Miguel Yanguas. The same with Ivan Ramirez. So I really like yeah. to.
0: Forcing their way to the top.
1: Yeah. And then three years after, they, they are the the, the guys.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so hopefully it, there's going to be some Swedish guys at the top. That's that's what we're waiting <laughs> for.
1: <laughs> we uh, we have to work for it, and let's see what happens. I I wouldn't mind having two or three more guys on the tour because I think they have the level for sure. Because mm-hmm. Kalle Simon Dani, they it's not a walk in the park when they are in Sweden. Definitely not. Um, I wouldn't mind that they have company from one or two couples more like the French guys that would be even better for everyone uh, in Sweden at least so let's see what happens
0: I think it'd be better for other countries as well but uh, yeah congratulations on on everything you've done so far and good luck for the rest of the season thanks a lot I always enjoy catching up with Andreas because he gives me a good feedback on how things are going in Sweden, how he's doing with his junior players which are coming through really nicely and also his experiences with the players on the World Paddle Tour. I have no doubt we're going to see more and more great Swedish players coming through. If you enjoyed this episode please give us a review and also don't forget to subscribe. We really appreciate it and we'll see you on the next episode.